you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Alex Jones fumbling his civil suit and being ordered to pay victims $45 million. Far-right figure Sam Sorbo, wife of Kevin Sorbo, calling K-12 school brainwashing. One American news host, Allison Steinberg, begging people on the left to save her network from being shut down after attacking them relentlessly. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, this is Amanda. I'm from Texas. And first off, I want to say I really appreciate your all the work you're doing on YouTube. I really enjoy your channels. And my question is, around, around where I'm living at, they're, they are saying that in September that the Democrats are going to be releasing a new form of COVID that's supposed to block people from going to the polls. I just want to see if anybody else has heard about this or if this is just some uh, thing that they're making up around here in Trumpville. Um, thanks. Bye. Yeah, that's really interesting. I haven't heard that one before. It does not surprise me, though. If anybody's heard that, um, let me know in the comments. This is where these conspiracies start, though. Small town Trumpville. This is where they start. And then small town Trumpville people get on the Internet and spread it like wildfire. It's obvious, complete nonsense from the ground up, but they're willing to believe anything that vindicates their god emperor. And I don't use that term flippantly. They call him Geotus, G-E-O-T-U-S, god emperor of the United States. They really do call him that. So anyway, disturbing stuff, disturbing way of viewing the world. Does not surprise me that you're hearing things like that. Good luck in Trumpville. Hey, Owen, this is Kaya from uh, California. First of all, love your work. Um, secondly, my question is, uh, what is the actual difference, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, between calling themselves one of Jehovah's Witnesses and a Jehovah's Witness? Because to me, it seems like a distinction without a real difference. To me, they kind of effectively mean the same thing. What do you think their reasoning is? Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Really interesting question. And the answer is, effectively, there is no difference, but they are trying to frame up every part of the way that their people view things. Everything. They want to control your entire perspective on the world. And saying a Jehovah's Witness isn't making it real. By calling yourself one of Jehovah's Witnesses, you are identifying yourself with this other person with this other being and making him more real in your mind that's kind of the angle they take it from now alone just that one thing probably wouldn't make a difference really but it's a combination of every single thing in your life that they want to control just like that there are a billion little things like that that they do and when all those little things add up they add up to a complete personality change, which is their intent. They call it the new personality, putting on the new personality. That is the goal. Pretty crazy stuff.
Shane from Virginia again. Um, so I have another question. Um, what would you like? What questions would you ask a theist upon like discussion of religion, like to understand where their viewpoints are from? Like, what are some base questions? Like, you know, for instance, are you a, a, a creationist? Do you believe in the flood? Do you believe in the Bible literally? Like, what kind of questions can we ask to get the full understanding of these people? Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, what I've done personally, this may not be of value to somebody who's tr just trying to get a list of questions, but I know a lot about Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormonism and Catholicism and Protestantism and all of the various different forms of Protestantism and, you know, all of it. I know a lot about all this stuff. So what I'll do personally is... I will ask basic questions to separate them into categories like, do they believe in the Trinity? If they believe in the Trinity, then I know they fall into one of these few categories. They're probably a Catholic or certain types of Protestant. Do they speak in tongues? If they speak in tongues, that's separating them out even further. Do they practice faith healing? I'll narrow it down to figure out if they're a Calvinist or a Pentecostal or a Jehovah's Witness, or a Mormon, or a Catholic, or whatever else. And that sh that usually informs my perspective on them and the ideas that they have on the world and the angle from which I will argue or debate, or not even debate, but maybe just try to help reason them out of the crazy beliefs that they have. What I've come to find is, for the most part, people in the U.S. right now are either an evangelical, like an extremist nutcase who loves Donald Trump, or one of the smaller branches of Protestantism, like Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormonism or something, or they're Catholic. It's usually one of those three. Or they're a chill, reasonable, calmed down, don't hate anybody for anything, like a, a Methodist or a Lutheran branch. That tends to be what I've found in society nowadays. All of these other branches are still out there, but I feel like the extremist evangelical branch is kind of gobbling up all of the smaller ones at the moment. Hi, Owen. This is Daniel from California. I just wanted to wish you a happy 33rd birthday. And also, yeah, I appreciate that. 33rd birthday was on July 20th, 2022. This voicemail is just a little bit older, but it's still valid. It's an interesting uh, voicemail, so I wanted to listen to it anyways. Thank you for the happy birthday. And also, uh, I just wanted to comment on uh, one of your recent videos where uh, Stephen Lett says that babies are enemies of God. Yeah, let me give some context to that real quick. Just play that clip so people know what he's talking about. This came out late June 2022. This is a governing body member of Jehovah's Witnesses. His name is Stephen Lett, and he said some weird, disturbing stuff about babies. Now, if we think about it, we're not born as friends of God because we're born as sinful offspring of Adam. Actually, if you think about it, we're born as enemies of God. Sometimes you'll hear people say of a little baby, look at that little angel. But more accurate would be to say, look at that little enemy of God. That's the clip that the voicemail caller was referencing. So with that under our belt, let's keep listening. Actually, to be honest, it doesn't really surprise me because growing up Catholic, 
uh, the Catholic Church taught more or less the same thing, that uh, babies are uh, born with original sin unless they're baptized. And the interesting point about that is that the story of Adam and Eve is so important, so central to Christianity, that they always have to find a way to preserve it, even though the story of creationism and the story of Adam and Eve has been completely proven false. Anyway, I hope you had a good birthday. Uh, love your show. Bye. I did have a pretty good birthday. I appreciate the uh, phone call. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it, that these people always have to preserve the Adam and Eve story because if they don't have Adam and Eve, then the whole thing falls apart. That is a good point. They have to have original sin or it all falls apart. Everything that these people believe from the ground up is bizarre and it's all based on nonsense. And when you look at it in the cold light of day, I don't know how you can see it as anything else. Hi, my name is Liz and I'm from Minnesota. And I was just wondering why still a lot of churches believe in the Trinity, despite the fact that it's false. I mean, the church that I'm kind of, you know, forced to go to kind of says that, you know, Jesus is God and stuff, even though they admit it themselves that it doesn't make any legitimate legitimate sense it doesn't it doesn't seem right that they would practice it even though they themselves think that doesn't make any sense or there's no there's nothing behind there's nothing but backing it up thanks hope you have a great day yeah i appreciate the uh voicemail is an interesting point here's the timeline of events Around 70 CE, so roughly 40 years after Jesus died, the book of Mark was written. Matthew is estimated to have been written between 80 and 90 CE, which means roughly 50 to 60 years after Jesus died. Luke, somewhere in that same time period. John was way later. He was not a contemporary with Jesus, like not even close. Like none of them really were as far as we know. We don't know who wrote the Gospels. It was not Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. But John absolutely couldn't have been whoever wrote that. Couldn't have been a contemporary. John was based off of the other Gospels. But the guy who wrote John had the idea that Jesus was God incarnate. He came along and changed things to make it look like Jesus was God, even though the original writers didn't believe that, and Jesus himself didn't believe that. They still wrote it that way because they wanted people to think that, and it carried on from there. That's where the Trinity came from. It was not believed by basically anybody up until 200 years after the Bible was written. It was based on the previous Gospels, and it changed things and added things that we know to be unequivocally false. Uh, it is the least reliable Gospel out of any of the four, and the person that wrote it believed things that the others did not believe and were trying to kickstart that. That's basically the whole thing. So, you know that story where Jesus says, "He who cast the first or he who's without sin cast the first stone?" That's fake. That never happened. That was not cited in any of the other gospels or any other sources. That was added way later. Complete fabrication. So, and that's in the book of John.
That's what we find all the way through the book of John. A lot of the stuff is fabrication. It's just not reliable at all, and we have no reason to believe it. So the book of John is is where it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Complete fabrication. As you can see, I have officially enabled channel memberships. Uh, I enabled it on my main channel on the fireside chat and on my unfiltered channel as well. And I also created a new channel where I read books. That's gonna be pretty interesting. I've only uploaded one video and it's short. It's only 10 minutes long or so. Telltale Reads is the name of it. I'm gonna be doing more of that stuff soon. And I think what I'm gonna be reading next, uh, I'm not gonna read the QAnon one first. And the reason is because I don't want, when I go up for monetization by YouTube in a month or two, I wanna be able to, I wanna have stuff on there that's monetizable. So I'm going to read Greg Locke's book about i think it's called this is war and it's about how he believes that he's at war with blah, 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 you know so anyway that's going to be pretty interesting in fact i'm going to start that one on tuesday i think next we're going to talk about alex jones fumbling his civil suit and being ordered to pay victims 45 million dollars give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back you're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. As I'm sure most people know by now, Alex Jones just went through a defamation lawsuit and lost. The dude lost. I'll spoil it for you. I'll tell you up front. He owes somewhere around 45 to $50 million currently, and the number may be going up. And we're going to talk about why I'm so happy about that. And we're going to talk about the actual exact numbers and what we have to look forward to in the future. So... I'll tell you what, why don't we take a look at this clip? I just want to show you a few highlights of the defamation trial and talk about what it was over. If you're watching this five years in the future, how it went in the most memeable moments. Alex Jones was sued for defamation by the parents of the Sandy Hook victims. Sandy Hook was an attack on an elementary school back in 2012, and Alex Jones propagandized about it and lied and twisted facts and claimed it was a government setup and they were crisis actors and all kinds of sick twisted stuff got his audience whipped up into a blood frenzy his audience of millions to the point where these people needed security guards they had to pay for 24-7 security because Alex Jones's fans were harassing them. He even, I believe, sent out their phone numbers and addresses and everything live on air at one point. I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me on that. Deeply, deeply depraved behavior. Deeply depraved what Alex Jones did. This is called stochastic terrorism. Bill O'Reilly is famous for doing this with doctor who performed abortions named Dr. Tiller. Bill O'Reilly would talk about how evil this guy was and how sick he was and how somebody needed to do something about it. And one day, Dr. Tiller walks out of his church and there's somebody there waiting for him. Bill O'Reilly didn't have to pull the trigger. He just had to get somebody, somebody in his audience of millions, riled up enough to pull the trigger for him. 
and it worked. Now that guy is gone, thanks to Bill O'Reilly. And guess what? Bill O'Reilly faced no consequences for that. Glenn Beck did the exact same thing. Somebody was pulled over on their way to an organization headquarters with weapons in the car because Glenn Beck demonized this organization for so long. I don't even remember what the name of the organization was now. But this is what right-wing figures tend to do. In fairness, left-wing figures have done this too. Not as often in my experience. Either way, it's wrong no matter who's doing it. It's called stochastic terrorism, and it should be illegal. Sadly, Alex Jones was not charged with the criminal offense of stochastic terrorism. That doesn't even exist. But he was ordered to pay 45 to $50 million. And like I said, we're going to take a look at the final amount in a little bit and talk about how it's broken down and everything. But we'll look at the most memeable moments for now. This is Alex Jones on the witness stand in court. He was told to search his phone for any mentions of Sandy Hook and turn it over to the plaintiffs. He claims to have searched his phone and says he didn't find any instances of any discussions of Sandy Hook on his phone. So now, Let's walk into this clip with that knowledge in mind. Alex Jones, under oath, claims he searched his phone personally and didn't mention Sandy Hook in any text messages. Listen to this. Mr. Jones, you know how an iPhone works, right? You've had iPhone text messaging for several years now. Yeah. What does it mean if the messages are in blue? Whose uh, messages are those? Whose phone is this taken from? I don't know whose phone's taken from. I mean, I just, I turned the phone over and said, take stuff off. Can I have you look in the very bottom below the very bottom left corner? Is that your phone number? Yes. So you did get my text messages. And it said you didn't. Nice trick. <laughs> okay, so up to this point, Alex Jones honestly has no idea how he got his text messages. He claimed that he didn't have any texts from Sandy Hook. And they are sitting here looking at the texts. The guy must be freaked out. His stomach must have fallen to his feet in this moment. I mean, if they have this, what else do they have? He really did not intend for them to ever have this information, ever. <laughs> yes, Mr. Jones. Oh. Indeed. You didn't give this text message to me. You don't, you don't know where this came from. Do you know where I got this? No. Mr. Jones, did you know that 12 days ago, 12 days ago, your attorneys messed up and sent me an entire digital copy of your entire cell phone with every text message you've sent for the past two years and when informed, did not take any steps to identify it as privileged or protected in any way, and as of two days ago, it fell free and clear into my possession. And that is how I know you lied to me when you said you didn't have text message about saying you Did you? Oh, boy. Uh, that is not good. Oh, my God. So Alex Jones's lawyer accidentally sent an entire copy of Alex Jones's phone to the plaintiffs. His entire phone two, actually three years worth of text messages, not just about Sandy Hook, but about everything including the january 6th stuff oh boy is he hecked 
He is in bad shape. And I think he's starting to realize that now, which, again, you know, I'm glad about. I'm glad that he's screwed on this point. I'm glad that he's going to have to pay all this money. This is a good thing in my mind because it means he's finally facing consequences, at least some. Did you know that? I See, I told you the truth. This is your Perry Mason moment. I gave them my phone. Yeah, I looked up Perry Mason. Like, what is he talking about? Perry Mason moment? Apparently, it's some book about lawyers or something. What does he mean, Perry Mason moment? Is Perry Mason famous for something? I gave them my phone. And then, Mr. Jones, you need to answer the question. No, I, Did you I, know this happened? No, no, I didn't know this happened. But, I mean, I told you I gave him the phone over. Just, just and you the said, question. you said, in your deposition, you searched your phone. You said. You pulled down the text, did the search function for Sandy Hook. That's what you said, Mr. Jones, correct? And I had several several different phones with this number, but I did, yeah. Well, of course, I mean, that's... I had several phones with this number? What? What does that mean? I seriously, deeply, deeply doubt it. As far as I know, you can't have multiple phones with one phone number, can you? Your carrier will only allow you to have a single phone linked to a single phone number. Is that right? You can have as many phones as you want, but they have their own phone number. Why you got it? No, Mr. Jones. That's not why I have it. My lawyer sent it to you, but I'm hiding it. Okay. Mr. Jones? Obviously, when he feels backed into a corner, he gets flippant and sarcastic. Mr. Jones, that's... just answer questions. There's no question. Mr. Bankston also only asked questions. Sure. Yeah, so, ouch. Uh, Alex Jones is in really bad shape. And this, this face right here is the face of somebody who knows he is completely screwed. He has nowhere to go. He is in bad shape. And I am here for it. I am loving every second of it. Interestingly enough, a couple of other people from InfoWars took the stand, too. It wasn't just Alex Jones. This is Owen Schroyer, sexy name, awful person. He is one of the InfoWars hosts. I watched almost his entire cross-examination or whatever you would call it. I don't know what you'd call it in this case. I watched him testifying. That's what it was. Um, I watched one of their producers testifying, too, like the whole like hour, two, three-hour-long thing. And he actually had some pretty interesting stuff to say, too. Apparently, this guy gets paid 120000 a year for being an Alex Jones InfoWars host. That's pretty good, right? That seems pretty good to me. Although, based on how much Alex Jones makes, maybe he's underpaying him a little bit. Anyway, as I was saying, this host had to take the stand because he spread misinformation, too, about Sandy Hook and about all kinds of other stuff. Listen to this. You were handed the story while you were on air live. You ran with it, right? Yes. You did zero to determine if it was accurate, right? Correct. You did no betting of the story at all, correct? Correct. You did nothing to determine if it was a joke or a parody, right? There are video clips in it. You didn't watch them, right? Correct. Before you played them. Correct. So... What they're talking about is some website called Zero Point Now, or I think Zero Point Now is the name of it. Anyways, it's just some conspiracy website that isn't known by anybody. It's even smaller than InfoWars. 
posted a video that was all clipped together and edited and dubbed over and everything else. And the video that they posted implied that there were questions to be asked about Sandy Hook when there obviously were not. This was as cut and dry a case as you get. And they, they were looking for some conspiracy to latch onto with Sandy Hook, and they found it. This Zero Point Now website posted this clip that was all bent out of shape and twisted around, and without vetting it, without checking facts, without looking anything up, without even looking at who the author was, Owen Schroyer played the clip live on air and heavily implied that this was proof that Sandy Hook was staged. Listen to further questioning on this subject. You didn't check the source, right? You referring to Zero Hedge? Right. Okay, that's not the source. And he's just sitting there like, uh, yeah, I did. This is ridiculous, dude. He doesn't understand what a source is. He doesn't understand the difference between an author and a publisher. He has no idea. And he's, he's a host of a show that broadcasts information to millions of people. He doesn't know literally the first thing about fact-checking, the first thing. He doesn't know the difference between a publisher and an author. Absolutely insane. You didn't check the source? You didn't check the author? Well, I mean, I, I saw it said zero hedge on it. That's not the author. That's not the source. That's just some website. That's the name of some website. Well, I mean, I, I saw it said zero hedge on it. Okay, that's the website, right? Yes. That's not where it originated from, though, right? Um, well, to me, it was. Wasn't the question. It's not where it originated from, right? Well, it was published on Zero Hedge. That's where I saw it. But obviously, I understand the author was, I believe, something called Zero Point Now. Right. You think it's his real name? I doubt it. Right. So somebody called Zero Point Now writes something on a website called I bank coin, which is then picked up by Zero Hedge. You do absolutely nothing to determine if any words in this have any accuracy at all, and you play it on air and make comments about it, right? Yes. You have no idea who that is, right? No. You have no idea if they're a reliable source or not, right? No. You've never heard of that person before. Or at least so, no. Pseudo name or whatever it may be, right? You definitely never run a story. By zero point now before, correct? I don't believe so. This was republished, as you said, by a website called Zero Hedge, right? Yes. Also, not a reliable source, correct? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. See that that distinction right there is what really fascinates me about this case. Listen to this again. This was republished, as you said, by a website called Zero Hedge, right? Yes. Also, not a reliable source, correct? Sometimes it is. The fact that it is sometimes reliable, the fact that his answer contained the word sometimes means it is not a reliable source. How has he not, how has he been in this field for so long? How did he raise himself so high up as to be a host on a million dollar, like, news commentary show and he 
used the word sometimes in that sentence. This just blows me away. This is so bizarre that his head is here. It, it, I just don't get it. He says, it's not reliable. And, he, and then he responds, sometimes it is. Right, yes. Also, not a reliable source, correct? Sometimes it is. And now the lawyer is going to explain why it's so ridiculous that he even said, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is, right? Perhaps. So let me ask you this. If, I have, if you get something from a source and, you're, and you look and say, you know, this source sometimes is reliable. Sometimes they're way out there and unreliable. Isn't it incumbent on you to check it and do some sort of vetting before you put it on here? Yes, I could have done a better job. You could have done a job, right? You did nothing. You could have done something, right? Well, I was live on air at the time, so it was given to me, and I covered it. Is it an excuse to say I didn't have time? Is, is that an excuse to defamation, to defaming Mr. Heslin? Is that an excuse to you? I just didn't have time? Can you repeat or rephrase the question? Yeah, so that's, that's Owen Schroyer. That's who the guy is, and that's really a glimpse into how InfoWars operates as a company. There is no fact-checking taking place. None. It operates exactly like a normal news desk would operate. I mean, it's huge. At one point, I believe that Alex Jones is making $800,000 a day, a day, 800000 per day, not per year, not per month, $800,000 a day. That's what's been reported. And that was at its peak. That's not, like, current from my understanding. That's before they were deplatformed by, like, YouTube and Spotify and everything. That's $300 million a year, dude. I wouldn't be surprised to find that Alex Jones is a billionaire. I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard to know anything for sure. It's just speculation, but... The guy was making sick money, absolutely sick money. And it, like I said, it operates like a newsroom, a real full-blown official newsroom, like CNN, MSNBC, even Fox News, the way that it operates. The hosts sit in front of the camera and talk for a certain amount of time. Writers come along and hand them papers, and they read about these papers, and they air clips and, and the whole nine yards. It operates the exact same way. Except in a real newsroom, they expect the writers and the producers to hand them reliable information. The writers and producers weren't doing that at all. And the hosts knew that they weren't doing that. That's where this whole thing got hung up. The hosts were willing to lie knowingly, obviously, as evidenced by the fact that they lost this defamation suit. And the writers were willing to lie shamelessly, too. They did no fact-checking. That's what he just said. Zero fact-checking. It absolutely blows my mind. So here's the question. After they were deplatformed, how'd they make money? It turns out basically nobody would advertise with them. So let me tell you how YouTube works in generalities. When you watch one of my videos, for example, there are a certain number of ads in each video, right? There's one at the beginning, one at the end, and they have a certain number of mid-rolls. I have nothing to do with the advertisers. I don't communicate with them. I don't even know what ads are running on my stuff. And I have almost no control over which ads run. But YouTube basically 
installs like cookies on users computers google does this and they kind of track like what your interests are like when you're logged into your google account they see the things that you buy on amazon or whatever else and what you're interested in and they they say okay we're going to advertise this item we know he likes guitars because he just he just bought a guitar from amazon so we're going to advertise guitar picks and strings and amps to him on youtube so they'll pop up an advertisement for that stuff on my YouTube video, though I have no idea what's being aired and I have nothing to do with or no control over any of that stuff. So they're not advertising with me. YouTube isn't. They are advertising to you. Well, Alex Jones lost all of that. That was called targeted advertising and it made advertising 50 times more profitable to actually be sending out advertisements that people are interested in. Well, Alex Jones lost all of that when he was deplatformed, removed from Twitter and YouTube and everything else, went to his own show. So his only way of making money was to run his own advertisements and sell his own products. And some of those products that he sells, are it's all just a big scam. It's all nonsensical stuff that doesn't do anything for you. But some of the stuff that he sells are like pills, like uh, vitamins and stuff like that, okay? And Owen Schroyer is about to come up here and defend those pills that they sell. Listen to this. Instahard, that's a pill you guys sell? Uh, I'm not too familiar with the product, it's a new one, but I guess it's a pill. Okay, oh, well, I'm sorry. It is a product, though, that we sell, yes. Fair enough. Uh, Diet Force, something you sell? Yes. Do you have any idea where that stuff's sourced from? Before we continue, Alex Jones has been peddling this stuff for years. It's all just charlatanry and snake oil. It's all useless. And if you need evidence for that claim, this is a picture that Alex Jones popped up on his uh, InfoWars thing, I believe. Uh, forever ago, advertising his pills. This is a before and after. Before and 45 days later, after using the pills that he sells in an attempt to sell more of them. Do you notice anything? Anything that stands out to you? Of course you don't. They're the same picture, practically. There is no difference. It's practically a joke to claim that Alex Jones's pills do absolutely anything for anybody. Do you have any idea where that stuff's sourced from? Infowars life? The pills. You mean the, the, the actual inside the ingredients? Yeah. yeah. You know? No. Do you know if any of the stuff is approved by the FDA by chance? I don't. Do you know if any of it's been tested to see if it's effective or any good at all? Well, we test the product for ourselves. You mean you take it? Yes. And you're still here, so it must be okay? Yeah, it works for me. Another prime example of these people not fact-checking anything, not understanding the scientific method, not understanding how you go about finding truth, like not even the basics. This is how their minds work. This is how they view things. The outside world does not say that this is valuable or useful in any way. 
And they claim that the reason that the world, the outside world, the FDA, for example, doesn't say that is because they've got it out for Alex Jones or whatever. You know, I could take that. I would be okay if the FDA didn't examine it. If they ran clinical trials themselves, do they? No. They take the pills themselves and anecdotally say, hey, yeah, this works for me. They don't understand the scientific method. They don't understand the meaning of the term fact-checking. They don't understand anything at all, seemingly. Interestingly enough, after Owen Schroyer went out there and basically said, none of this is tested, it's all based on anecdote, I think it works for me, and that's all there is to it. After he says he has no idea where any of the pills come from or any of that stuff, Alex Jones decides to try to peddle the pills to the jury. He probably feels like they were destroying the reputation of the pills. Again, they're snake oil. They're useless. They could be no more than sugar pills. In fact, they probably are sugar pills. Uh, Who knows? I have no idea. Do they even list the ingredients? I don't know. Alex Jones decides to try to rehabilitate the reputation of the pills to the jury. By the top lab recognized in the United States, all we do is put our label on it, so we know it's triple tested, the highest quality, and that's why people love it, because it is the... Weird. Triple tested, huh? Is that what he said? Triple tested by whom? Because Owen Schroyer just testified under oath that they test the pills themselves, just them. That they're not running clinical trials or any of that stuff. So who's lying here? One of them is not telling the truth. Because it is the best out there. And I'll give it to Whole Foods, and I'll give it to GNC and others. They've got the same stuff. There's all sorts of crap you can buy at a gas station out there. That's not what ours is. Okay, I don't know what he's referring to specifically that GNC and Whole Foods carry, but it's snake oil from Alex Jones, and it's snake oil from GNC and Whole Foods, too. This stuff doesn't do anything for anybody. It's garbage. If it isn't approved by the FDA for some specific use, I would be skeptical. I mean, we buy our PQQ and and CoQ10 from the Japanese. Wow, and everybody knows that the Japanese are renowned for their PQQ and OPKEN. Is that what he... I don't even know what he called it. I mean, we buy our PQQ and and CoQ10 from the Japanese. I mean, it's the best. Costs five times what synthetic PQQ and CoQ10 cost. Okay, I, I'm extremely skeptical. I don't even know what those things are or what they're for. I would love to see clinical trials, like actual clinical trials on this stuff. Until I see that data, I'm skeptical. He still views himself as a victim in this whole situation. Listen to this. And she said, I'm going to instruct the jury that you're a liar tomorrow. The judge. He says the judge said that to him. I mean, it's unprecedented. Then she ordered my lawyer to violate attorney-client privilege and tell her about our private conversations, which is just unprecedented. I mean, this is like a tour de force of how to violate people's rights. It's unbelievable. And I just feel sorry for everybody, including these quacked-out leftists and, and lawyers and the judge. I mean, they are all just over the deep end and have no idea what they've done. She also made this really weird statement where she said, you believe... Everything you say is the truth. Dude, this guy, this is so sad, honestly. It is so sad. 
not only does he view himself as a victim in this whole situation, or at the very least want everyone else to view him as a victim, but he was also streaming as he left the court and he was telling his audience the whole plan. This is his whole diabolical plan to get out of paying the money he owes. They lie to the jury in the damages portion and say, I got hundreds of millions of dollars. That's why they do this. So they'll come up with some giant judgment on the already guilty Alex Jones that they hope is too big for us to even get a bond on. There is no guilty or innocent in these cases. I've come to find that this is a civil suit. And as such, you are liable for damages. Guilty or not guilty are criminal charges, not civil offenses. This just shows that the guy doesn't even understand the very, very basics of the situation that he's in. Doesn't understand the basics of fact checking. Doesn't understand the basics of the scientific method. Doesn't understand the basics of the judicial system. Not even the basics to even get a bond on well once you're in bankruptcy it's all there in the court and the bonds for the appeals are half your net worth well that isn't going to be very very much maybe a million million and a half dollars or something and they're going to try to claim all this other wealth but it, it's not true so then we will be able to continue on with appeals and the rest of it for years and we will be able to 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 fight these kangaroo courts and so here's the bottom line with Alex Jones. The plan is to fight this whole thing in appeals, move money around into shell companies to make your net worth look smaller, file for bankruptcy, anything that he can do to make his net worth look smaller and hide the money that he does have so he doesn't have to pay these people. It's disgusting, dude. He deserves to pay. He deserves to pay these families for what he owes them. So let's talk about exactly what he owes them. This article is on Reuters, by the way, Reuters, fantastic news network, love Reuters. One of the most trustworthy news websites in existence. Anyway, this article is titled, Jury Awards $45.2 million in Punitive Damages in Alex Jones' Sandy Hook Trial. August 5th. U.S. conspiracy theorist Alex Jones must pay the parents of a six-year-old boy killed in the 2012 Sandy Hook massacre $45.2 million in punitive damages, on top of $4.1 million in compensatory damages already awarded for falsely claiming that it was a hoax, a Texas jury decided on Friday. Let me explain. The $4.1 million compensatory basically goes to paying for the security that they had to have because Alex Jones fans were in a blood frenzy ready to find them and attack them also therapy bills or whatever other compensation that they deserved for what he did to them 45.2 million is what the court felt that they deserved for what he did slandering them defaming them or whatever you want to call it the parents had sought 145.9 million in punitive damages and 150 million in compensatory damages Compensatory damages are awarded to cover a plaintiff's suffering and losses. Punitive damages are awarded to punish a defendant's actions. There you go. An attorney for Jones, Federico Andino Reynal, had asked jurors to return a verdict of 270000 in punitive damages based on the number of hours InfoWars devoted to Sandy Hook coverage. That doesn't make their lives any better. I don't care how many hours he devoted to Sandy Hook. He ruined these people's lives, and he deserves to pay them what they're owed for that. Outside the courthouse, Reynal told reporters the verdict was high, but the Texas law caps punitive damages at 750000 per plaintiff. Is that true? I'm not sure about that. 
Reynal later told Reuters he aimed to minimize compensatory damages throughout the trial, knowing there is a cap on punitive damages. We always knew that was going to be a backstop, so the strategy worked, Reynal said, referring to the cap. The punitive damages were put at $4.2 million for Jones defaming Heslin by questioning that he held his son after the attack, and $20.5 million apiece to Heslin and Lewis for mental anguish. We ask that you send a very, very simple message, and that is, stop Alex Jones. Stop the monetization of his misinformation and lies. Wesley Todd Ball, a lawyer for the parents, told jurors on Friday before they began deliberations on punitive damages. Jones sought to distance himself from the conspiracy theories throughout his testimony in the trial, apologizing to the parents and acknowledging that Sandy Hook was 100% real. I'm honestly not completely convinced that he even believes that. I'm not convinced that that's true, what the attorney said. Give me a second, see if I can look that up. This is from BloombergLaw.com. In Texas, there are statutory limits on punitive damages with a per-defendant cap of two times the amount of economic damages, plus the amount of non-economic damages found by the jury, the latter part not to exceed 750000 Judge Maya Guerrera-Gamble of the 459th District Court in Travis County may reduce the punitive damages given those caps, and Jones' attorney said immediately after the verdict that they would file a motion to reduce the punitive award. The Texas law protects companies and bad actors like Alex Jones so that they're never going to be punished to the full extent that would be needed to truly deter them from future actions and to teach other people that this is bad behavior, said Carrie Goldberg of the C.A. Goldberg Law Firm in New York. Texas is unusual. The very purpose of punitive damages gets frustrated when there's a cap, she said. We do not believe punitive damage caps are constitutional as applied to our case and will certainly litigate that issue if necessary, Mark Bankston one of the plaintiff's attorneys told Bloomberg Law. So it sounds like there is actually a cap on this. It, it sounds like it's very possible that Alex Jones will only have to pay $5.6 million total in this lawsuit, I believe. But there are, I, I could be wrong, so do not quote me on this. I think that there are two more lawsuits coming his way by other people for this exact same thing. So anyways, the point is Alex Jones was found liable for damages and now has to pay a lot of money, no matter how much that is, whether it's six million. I don't have six million. Do you? That's a lot of money, whether it's six million, 45 million, 50 million, 150 million. Who knows? This has been publicized like mad. And everybody now knows without a shadow of a doubt, Sandy Hook was real. And Alex Jones ruined people's lives for no reason. This is the prime example of stochastic terrorism and why, in my opinion, it should be criminalized. People should go to jail for whipping a crowd into a blood frenzy like that, like Alex Jones did. Deeply, deeply wrong. And I'm glad the guy is facing consequences for his lies, finally. Lawrence Lowe, thank you so much for the super chat. I really want to see the, this bum go to jail for all his lies. Alex Jones is the worst humanity has to offer. Keep up the great work, Big O. Appreciate that. Absolutely agreed. Sadly, he won't be going to jail for what he's done to people's lives. I'm all for free speech, but when it comes to stochastic terrorism, which is exactly what Alex Jones 
is a stochastic terrorist. I feel that though it's not part of U.S. law, it should be. He should go to jail for what he's done. Next, we're going to talk about far-right figure Sam Sorbo, wife of Kevin Sorbo, calling K-12 school brainwashing. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Sam Sorbo, and she is the wife of Kevin Sorbo. If you're unfamiliar, he's this super famous right-wing figure, best known for his role as Hercules. I think he was also on Babylon 5 back in the 90s or something like that. Um, And more recently, he was in the movie God's Not Dead as the evil atheist professor who tried to force his students to sign a pledge saying that they don't believe in God or some other ridiculous nonsense. Anyway, this is his wife, Sam. She has a long history of saying bizarre stuff. She came out and said some other bizarre stuff pretty recently, so I just wanted to kind of go through her history of public appearances, espousing strange positions about education and evolution and atheist because in my mind this is endlessly entertaining stuff so let's take a look at this one this is on flashpoint she made a public appearance on this tv show flashpoint on the victory network owned and operated by kenneth copeland this is early may 2021 check this out the greatest trick the devil ever played was to convince the world that he didn't exist right the greatest trick that the atheists ever played was to convince us that they don't believe in god they do They believe in God. They believe they are God. And guess what? They're a jealous God. Uh, Okay, interesting. So you have an atheist right here. I'm telling you now, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in God. I don't believe that I am God. I don't believe any of that stuff. This is a strange way to frame this stuff. The greatest trick the devil ever played was to make people think he doesn't exist. That is such an odd way to view the world. If he is doing so little to affect the world that people don't think that he exists in the first place, then he might as well not exist at all, right? If you can't tell the difference between a world that looks like there's a god behind it and a world that doesn't, the god might as well not exist at all, seems to me. They believe they are god. And guess what? They're a jealous god. That's why you can't go to church. I don't know what that means, but okay. So that's Sam Sorbo. Now you have an idea of what we're dealing with. She went to the Reawaken America tour not too long ago. This one was early December 2021 is when she made her appearance here. It's a little bit quiet. Forgive me for that. I tried to amplify it, but she rails against public education in this. And I don't mean college. I mean K-12 schooling, just normal school. Listen to this. I pulled my son out of school in second grade because they weren't educating him. They were training him a little. It wasn't going well. Okay, they weren't educating him. They were training him a little bit. She's filthy rich. She's a millionaire. She couldn't afford a private school. I mean, any public school 
is bound to follow certain rules, period. They are legally required to follow the curriculum that's been laid out by the state, I believe. And I don't know where they live. California, maybe? They have a pretty robust curriculum in California. Honestly, in every state. Like, there is, there are some aspects of state education, like sex ed, for example, that I really don't like. I think it's terrible. But they'll still give you a well-rounded education for the most part. They'll make sure that you understand the basics of mathematics and things like that. Where was her son going that he was that he was just being trained on certain things? Is that really what it was? Or did she just not like what he was being taught? And I started to question, what was, what was the final result going to be? He was learning how to be a bully. Because let's face it, in school, they teach you evolution. What is evolution? Survival of the fittest. And what is that? That's bullying. No to all of that. That Okay, evolution is not survival of the fittest, first of all. Survival of the fittest is a phrase that boils down a single idea to the theory of evolution. Survival of the fittest, it, it isn't even accurate. I think it was the phrase was coined by Darwin himself, I'm not sure. We have learned so much since Darwin. Darwin was like the, the discoverer of the idea or whatever. We have blown past Darwin like 150 years ago we blew past him. His ideas are basically irrelevant to the field at this point. It's like Sigmund Freud. He was the father of psychology. Just about everything that he came up with, every theory, every idea that he espoused has all been debunked at this point. It was, it was nonsense as it turns out. But he legitimized the field. Same with Darwin. He had no idea what he was talking about. We didn't even know what genetics was at the time. But he legitimized the field, and after looking into it further, we discovered that he was correct. He didn't know just how correct he was. Survival of the fittest was one phrase that I think Darwin used to boil down the idea of natural selection. It isn't even really an accurate phrase, survival of the fittest, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, I'm just picking apart this one aspect to this thing she said. There was so much there that was wrong, I can't. What is evolution? Survival of the fittest? And what is that? That's bullying. Christians have no business sending their children to public school. This is deeply disturbing. This rhetoric, it's deeply disturbing to know that very public Christians are trying to separate themselves from the rest of society. On the other hand, I have to say, it, it would be nice if we didn't have these nutcases going into school boards trying to take them over and screaming about evolution being wrong and everything else. That would be cool. Just take your kid out if that's what it is. That doesn't really help those poor Christian kids who are being terribly abused by their parents, though. So, I don't know. It's kind of a catch-22, unfortunately. So that's, that's who Sam Sorbo is. That's who we're dealing with. And it only gets crazier from there. This one was early December 2021. Check this out. Education is the three Fs. Faith, family, and freedom. Mm. And there's only one way for them to get that, and that's to be with their parents. And so I'll say this. 
Evolution doesn't give a crap about equality. Evolution believes in inequality, okay? If you're teaching your child evolution, you're teaching them slavery and inequality. And now God is... You know, I feel like she's not even trying to make her claims make sense. She's just saying whatever she wants and propagandizing and making people deeply afraid of evolution any way she possibly can. Honestly ridiculous. And now God is calling the remnant to fight. The remnant is a reference to a group of Christians that will eventually rise up and take over the world or whatever else. And fight for what? For freedom, because Jesus Christ is the author of our freedom. And evolution has nothing to do with that. Jesus is the author of our freedom. You know, this is really the basis of a cult. This whole thing, that the, the group that she's a part of is a religious cult. I call them witches for Jesus. Sometimes they call themselves non-denominational. Sometimes they call themselves Baptists. It just kind of depends on the group you're working with, but most of them have one specific belief in common. That is, well, they have a few specific beliefs in common. We'll say that. They don't accept evolution as the fact that it is. They believe that Noah's Ark is a real literal story. There's a story in the book of Exodus about Moses and Aaron, I think, going to Pharaoh and throwing their staffs on the ground and they turn to snakes. Pharaoh calls his wise men and sorcerers. They throw their staffs on the ground. They turn to snakes too. Moses and Aaron's snakes gobble up the other staff snakes. So the idea is these people believe that they're capable of just as much as witches are, who they call witches. It's just they're getting their power from God. Witches get it from Satan. So I call this denomination witches for Jesus, generally. They are like a branch of evangelicalism that is as extreme as it gets, truthfully. And they will deny evolution to the death, even if it doesn't make sense. Because Jesus Christ is the author of our freedom, and evolution has nothing to do with that. You're right, it doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Why do you even bring it up? has nothing to do with anything. It's all about propagandizing and denying reality. She is a member of the group I would call Witches for Jesus. Absolutely nutty stuff. Interestingly enough, she went on this guy's program to talk to him about evolution. This one is recent, mid-July 2022. Check this out. So let's go back. System. We know that the education system is broken. What are the sources of that? How did that happen? And when did it happen? Oh, I, well... Okay, so there, there's a couple schools of thought. Schools of thought. She's acting as though she has some legitimacy to speak on this academic subject as an authority. It's so deeply ridiculous. Sadly, people do view it that way, though. Okay, so there, there's a couple schools of thought. It was on purpose. There were people at the helm who were driving it, Dewey... Um, and, and others who were driving the education system and actually wanted to dumb down the populace. Um, we borrowed from the Prussians. The Prussians instituted their, their quote-unquote education system in order to crank out good warriors. What's the one thing that you need from a warrior? Obedience. You don't want them to question the expert. You want them to just trust the expert. <laughs> And that's where we are today, right? So uh, that was in probably over 100 years ago they started implementing that. Um, and it's just it progressed slowly. Wow, that is crazy. That is absolutely unhinged nutty stuff. She gets into more of that in a second. 
this problem is twofold with Sam Sorbo, okay? The first problem here is she's one of those people that believes that they're trying to, like, control you. They want to control your mind. They want to control every move you make, 1984 style. Really, really weird, unhinged stuff. But aside from that, Charlie Kirk is really famous for doing the exact strategy that she's doing here. And here's the strategy. Have you guys ever seen 8 Mile? I watched 8 Mile a long time ago. I was a big Eminem fan, like, years and years ago when I was a kid. I wasn't supposed to listen to Eminem, so I listened to it constantly. Anyway, in the movie he made, 8 Mile, what he would do is when he was about to battle somebody in a rap battle... He would list all of the things that he knew somebody was going to come at him with. Like, he's going to say, I know I'm skinny, I know I'm white, I know I don't rhyme well, or whatever else. he just list all of these things that he was really bad at. So when it was their turn, they had nothing to say. What, what are they going to say after he just said it all? It kind of takes the air right out of the balloon, doesn't it? When you list all of the things before they get a chance to. Charlie Kirk uses that exact strategy, and so is Sam Sorbo right here, that exact strategy. It's not really projection necessarily. I mean, it is projection, but psychological projection is the process of misinterpreting what is inside as coming from outside. It forms the basis of empathy by the projection of personal experiences to understand someone else's subjective world. So an example would be a spouse is super, super suspicious that they're being cheated on. That, would, that could be an example of projection. When somebody cheats on their spouse, they suddenly get really, really suspicious of their spouse for cheating. They think that they're going to be cheated on. That's an example of projection. So Jim cheats on Jenny and now starts accusing Jenny of cheating on him constantly. That's an example of projection. That's not what we're seeing with Sam Sorbo and Charlie Kirk, that's not what we're watching happen. Charlie Kirk runs a something called TPUSA. It's, it's, it's this big organization that goes to colleges, set up kind of like the Hitler Youth. In fact, it, it works nearly exactly like the Hitler Youth worked. I mean, I, sorry for the comparison. That's just what it is. In my opinion, I believe Charlie Kirk and Sam Sorbo know exactly what they're doing. It's not them feeling bad for something that they're doing and reflecting something that's inside onto the outside world. I believe they're taking these intentional steps to accuse the other side of things that they are knowingly doing and that they're aware that they're doing so that when somebody comes back and points out that they're doing that, it falls flat. The accusation falls flat. That's who Sam Sorbo is fundamentally. She is a propagandist for the far right, and she is extremely influential. Check this one out. This one was mid-July 2022 also. So two things, Sam Sorbo. One, we are very glad that, uh, you know, God has his own creation and he creates like dangerous neon colors in nature to say, stay away. We're glad that these teachers have colored themselves dangerous neon colors so that we know to keep our children away from them. We appreciate that. We're not trying to compliment the lib teachers. But secondly, how horrifying is this as a mom to watch this and say, like, this is the person who could be educating my child. Who could be educating my child? Who are they talking about right now? What teachers are they talking about that have colorful hair who are like, quote unquote, feminazis? Who are they talking about specifically? 
Because this is another strategy from the right. They love to make these caricatures of ridiculous people, maybe find a single person that acts like a nutter butter in the United States, and then claim that everybody is acting like this. Find somebody specific and apply it generally. That's how it works. Now, what's really horrifying is that a parent would actually submit their child to that kind of child abuse. And what kind of child abuse, quote unquote? Just going to a public school? What? What are you talking about? Child abuse. And that's what that is. That's child abuse. And we really mm. ought to mm. stop mincing our words and call call this what it is. And if anybody wants to take issue with me, they can go to samsorbo.com. I'll pass. And uh, we can have a discussion there. But teaching children that there is no such thing as natural gender is absurd. It's a lie. Who's doing this? Who is telling children there is no such thing as natural gender or any of this stuff? Who's telling five-year-olds that they're actually a girl in a boy's body? Who is doing this? Name one example, please. One. I just want one example of this. This is not happening, certainly not on a systemic scale. No, but there are no classes dedicated to teaching children about transgenderism. It, it's not happening. It's fabricated. It is fabricated outrage. Uh, but we've been teaching lies for many decades. We teach children that evolution is truth, <laughs> even though it has yet to be proven. Uh, we teach. It was proven decades ago. It is beyond a shadow of a doubt factual. Oh my God. Just every word, every word out of her mouth is nonsense. It's yet to be proven. Uh, we teach them that they are accidents of nature. They're just a collection of uh, random molecules that uh, happen to organize themselves into. No, nobody claims that. That happen to organize themselves into a human being. And we don't even have a definition for human being anymore in our schools, uh, much less the definition of a woman in the Supreme Court anymore. And See, there's nothing but propaganda in her head. Nothing's there. Nothing. It's absolutely absurd. It's bottomless nonsense. So let me just break this down. Let's just step back a little bit and break it down. One by one. For human being anymore. In no definition for human being. What are you talking about? Of course there's a definition for human being. We all use the same definition of human being. Our schools, uh, much less the definition of a woman in the Supreme Court anymore. Yeah, that was a reference to Katanji Brown Jackson's Supreme Court hearing where she, they were trying to nominate her or whatever else. She was asked a bad faith question. What is a woman? Can you define woman? It's just a culture war issue. Nothing more, nothing less. They're just trying to fight a culture war. And she didn't want to take part in the culture war. So she said, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Look it up. I don't have a dictionary in front of me, basically. I was perfectly fine with that answer. Uh, an alternative answer, somebody suggested something like, a woman is a person who has traits traditionally associated with the female sex or something like that. I think that's an okay definition. I mean, there are a billion definitions out there. It, it varies heavily based on the context and the situation, but they don't care. If you give them an answer, a valid answer, they will move the goalpost back because it's a culture war issue, plain and simple. 
far. And these, this is all lies. And it's child abuse to subject a child to those kind of lies. What's sad is that parents think that that is still a better choice than themselves just teaching the child how to be a human being. You know the sad thing about this, what she says here, it sounds like just extreme rhetoric, right? Listen to this again. And it's child abuse to subject a child to those kind of lies. You know, that, that may sound like just basic rhetoric, like not a big deal, whatever, she's a nutcase, but let's move on. But that is exactly what Governor Abbott did to the trans community. If somebody under the age of 18 receives trans-affirming care, their parents are investigated for child abuse. That's what he did. He signed an executive order to put that into practice. So using the term child abuse is a deeply disturbing road to walk down. You can define anything you want as child abuse. And that's exactly what Abbott is doing right now. So that's Sam Sorbo. She came out with a recent clip. This one is from late July 2022 where she's still railing against education. Listen to this. Why the rebranding? So the first thing that you learn in school is you have to raise your hand to ask a question. That's a deterrent. That's actually teaching you viscerally because you, you embody it. Don't ask. That actually eventually becomes trust the expert. That's not education. That's not a thinking person. That's a non-thinking person. That's what the schools are turning out. That's what school produces. Wow, that's fascinating. So <laughs> she's she isn't stopping at think for yourself and research for yourself. She's saying do not trust the experts. That's what it, that's what I'm hearing. Am I hearing incorrectly? Don't trust the experts. Going to a school teaches you to trust experts and we shouldn't be. But even more interesting is the pop psychology or the armchair psychology that she's taking part in right now. Listen again. You have to raise your hand to ask a question. That's a deterrent. That's actually teaching you viscerally because you, you embody it. Don't ask. No, no, it isn't. It's keeping order in the classroom. I guess she's saying she would rather students just scream out their question anytime they have one. Actually, I think she prefers students just don't ask questions. I think... She prefers that they get online and look it up for themselves, any age, three, four, five years old, because asking a question of anybody is deferring to an expert, and you're not supposed to do that. That's absolutely unhinged. Absolutely unhinged, dude. What do you do with this? Her mind is so deep in a gutter. I, I can't even figure out like what's going through her head at this point. I can't match up with her and, and put myself in that headspace because she is so far gone at this point. Okay, I was just pulling up the twit because I wanted to go to Kevin Sorbo's Twitter account, but I just came across, I follow Ron Filipkowski. He's a great dude, really like this guy. The first video that's up here, it's unrelated, but the title of this, like the tweet says, Trump calls swimmer Riley Gaines up on stage and tries to give her a kiss. She flinches and pulls away. Uh-oh. Crazy. It was the largest applause I've ever heard. Come on up here. Look at this. Look at this. Crazy. It was the largest. Ouch. Ooh. Rejected. That's painful. 
We're here for Kevin Sorbo. Let's just keep looking. Oh, no, I didn't mean to follow him. Ew. I just meant to look. Okay. I just like it. This is a picture of him, by the way. If you weren't sure who I was talking about earlier, this is Kevin Sorbo. I'm sure you'll recognize him from stuff. He's extremely controversial. He's constantly saying ridiculous stuff. This is his, uh, this is Sam Sorbo's husband. They think alike, to say the least. So you can attack and bully people over not wearing a mask for COVID, but not for spreading monkeypox? Makes sense. Okay, I don't even understand. Monkeypox isn't spread the same way as COVID, first of all. There's just so much wrong with this. I think the FBI should add themselves to the FBI watch list. Oh, he hates the FBI. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Okay, let's just... Oh, look, this is Sam and it, Kevin together. Is this the beginning of something? Okay, let's just step back and watch the beginning of this. This guy on the left, Gorka is his name, I think. Uh, I don't remember his full name. Gorka's his last name. He was involved in the ridiculous 2000 Mules movie. Let's just watch this one. How uphill a struggle this is. Gina, the Daily Wire yourself, you're fighting it. Is this the beginning of something exciting or how much of a <clears throat> Herculean task is this? Oh, such a clever joke because he played Hercules in the, on that TV show back in the 90s or the 80s or whatever. Look, they're both laughing at that. That was so funny. I think it is the beginning of something exciting. And by the way, I played the title role in that movie. I am the terror. On the <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we had a great time making that movie. And uh, as always with movies like this, the I'm not sure what movie this is referencing. What is this referencing? Sunday night on the Gorka reality check. Hollywood hates America. Tune in Sunday on... Oh, this is on Newsmax, apparently? Okay, let's skip forward, see if we can find a part where they're talking. Oh, this is a picture of him in Hercules, like from the TV show. Oh, it's it's lagging. I'm getting the circle of death. Uh-oh. Okay, well... Anyway, that's Sam Sorbo. That's Kevin Sorbo. They're both ridiculous and far-right extremist conspiracy theorists to the core, to the bottom of their black little hearts, sadly. We got to call this stuff out when we see it, man. We got to call it out when we see it. I think this woman's a true believer, by the way. If you disagree with me on that point, let me know in the comments or on Twitter, at Telltale Atheist. Next, we're going to talk about One America News host Allison Steinberg begging people on the left to save her network from being shut down after attacking them relentlessly. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. This is Allison Steinberg, and she's on a network called OAN, or One America News. She does not like the left at all. And I'll show you some examples of what I mean in a second. Interestingly enough, she had to beg the left to help her save her network recently. Let me just give you a well-rounded idea of who she is, and let me show you why I don't give a shit if she loses her network or not. Check this clip out, early August 2022. 
told the Navy Times that he joined the force because he needed a stable income to fund his drag hobby. I guess nightly sh drag shows weren't quite cutting it for him, but uh, here's a visual for you so you can fully grasp what we're dealing with here. I cut the audio out of this, but the point is she is she relentlessly attacks people for no reason. Just because she doesn't like them or who they are or what they do or what they're about or whatever else. She attacks people constantly. And it gets even worse than that. Keep listening to this. Wow, isn't that just lovely? Joshua says doing drag allows him to embrace his feminine side and allows him to bring diversity and creativity to his audience, not just a face of makeup. Wow, I'm sure our enemies are just shaking in their boots. It's something to keep in mind when dealing with this person. Don't trust a single word out of her mouth. She has absolutely no credibility whatsoever. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past her to completely fabricate clips just to make a point. Uh, I don't even know if this Joshua person is real. But either way, she loves attacking people. She loves degrading them and hurting them any way she possibly can. That's what Allison Steinberg is all about. Here's another example of it. This one is from late June 2022, during Pride Month 2022. She decided to rail against the Pride flag up at Huntington Beach, California. What the hell is that? Huntington Beach is the town of good old-fashioned, hard-working American people. Every time you hear it blank out, I'm censoring swears. It was pretty profanity-laden. People that worked all through the COVID lockdowns. Yes, that's right. Huntington Beach never shut down through any of the COVID nonsense. And now we're peddling this garbage? What the hell is this? The only flag that you get there is that American flag. It's a disgrace to our city, and it should be taken down immediately. Whoever the hell is running this town needs to be fired. Make America great again. Make Huntington Beach great. Yeah, so she hates the left. She hates the left. She hates anybody to the left of taking out the homeless for sport. Let me draw a distinction between my personal viewpoints on things and hers, okay? I don't wish death on anybody. Nobody, period. I believe it's morally wrong to wish death on people. Watch what she does here when talking about Biden. Well, what do you know? Double that, double boosted Biden just got COVID. What do you think is going to happen? Will he come back and say he's so glad he got the shots because it could have been much worse? Or do you think he's going to... Let me know your thoughts down below. It's like she's celebrating the idea that Biden may kick it. That's who she is. That's what she's about. That's what she believes. I've actually covered her before, interestingly enough. I didn't realize that this was her at the time. It has been a while since I covered her, but... She absolutely lost her mind that Donald Trump was supporting the vaccine and trying to get people to get vaccinated. Lost it. And I was so fascinated by this. This is mid-December 2021. Listen to what she had to say here. All right, guys, I know this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, and it truly does pain me to say it, but f Donald Trump. He is now trying to say that by us doubting the jab, that we're playing right into their hands. Yeah, by you doubting the vaccine, you're definitely hurting yourself and almost nobody else. Unfortunately, we have to worry about that, too, because 
these people are going around getting people sick, not wearing masks, not getting vaccinated, and they become vectors for this illness. So unfortunately, we had to worry about it as well, not just them, but they are hurting themselves the most out of anybody here. That's for sure. What? All we care about is exposing and knowing the truth. And he's going to sit here and continuously lie to us to push this narrative and the product that he wants to take full credit for. Do you guys not see the problem with this? No, I don't. Donald Trump realized, probably got the memo, that the fewer of his supporters get vaccinated, the fewer supporters he would have the next time around when it came time to vote. I mean, if he truly cared about saving what's, whatever's left of this country, and if he truly cared about you, then he should be more concerned about exposing the overwhelming number of adverse reactions and deaths from the job but no there are not an overwhelming number of adverse reactions or deaths from the vaccine this is nonsense it's propaganda and i i'm not even sure if she believes it she just loves spreading it and deaths from the job but no he continues to rally people up and deceive people into thinking that this is somehow good not to mention he's now claiming that he got the booster which i don't know if that's true or not. But regardless, why is he still touting this product that's killing people? Because it's not killing people. It was saving people's lives. And this poor fool is out here screaming about somebody who is actually doing something good for once. Donald Trump actually encouraging people to get vaccinated for once. She's railing against it. It is so deeply sad. I don't care if you're left or right. These are wings of the same evil bird. And we have to remember that the whole goal is depopulation by shooting you up with their experimental poison. Okay, wow. This is part of their belief system. They believe that the cabal, the globalists, the globalists, as Alex Jones would say, are trying to get the population down to 500 million people. And I guess she believed, I mean, this is December, 2021. The vaccines had been out for a while at this point, I believe for like a year. She believed that th this was part of the depopulation effort. First of all, why would they do that? Seriously, governments need more people. The more people there are, the stronger economy they have, the stronger their military, the stronger their trade deals will be. I mean, it's good for a government to have more people. They at least need people to be at replacement levels or the economy starts to shrink and it becomes a problem. There is a, a positive incentive for governments to have more people every single year. So I don't know what goal she thinks the government would have for trying to depopulate. It's all just a big conspiracy theory. That's all it is. Oh, and it's a conspiracy theory that was proven to be unequivocally wrong because the vaccine had been out for a year at the time this video came out and people were fine. There was no depopulation taking place. She just lives in a fantasy land. You up with their experimental poison and a lot of you are probably going to say, oh, well, I don't care what he does because this is about medical freedom as long as we have the choice. He's not even giving you the choice. So Donald Trump is forcing people to line up. I mean, forcing at gunpoint to line up at doctor's offices 
and he has military personnel pulling people's shirts up so that they can get an injection? Because that would be removing people's choice. How is Donald Trump removing people's choice? If you go to his hotel in New York, you have to show proof of papers. So how can you continue to blindly defend this man? I don't think that's true. I could be wrong, but I live in New York City. And even at the height of the pandemic, hotels were not checking for vaccine status because some people needed to check into hotels to stay there to prevent other people from being infected, basically. People were using hotels as quarantine chambers or whatever you want to call it. So I really think that's complete nonsense. But even so, that was Donald Trump's choice. Even if that were true, I'm not convinced of it, but even if it were, that was Donald Trump's choice to do that. Freedom of choice, baby. She doesn't understand the term, your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. I can swing my fist anywhere I want except for right here on you because me stopping you from swinging your fist would be a violation of your rights as long as you're not hurting anybody but you swinging your fist right here at my nose is a violation of my rights your rights end where my rights begin Donald Trump was perfectly within his rights to require vaccine status at the door to his hotel. Anybody can require vaccine status. If you want to enter someone's house, you are perfectly free to require vaccine status. You are not violating their rights. They are violating your right to control what happens in your house. See, she doesn't understand that. This is fundamentally part of the persecution complex that these people deal with. If they're not allowed to violate your rights... You are persecuting them. I don't get it. Make it make sense, please. Trump do some great things while in office? Absolutely. Was I a supporter? I was a huge one. But there's no denying that what he is doing is evil. And if we continue to just support someone that does not have our best interest, then that makes us no better than the left. We have to be willing to come out and state when there's a problem. And I personally think that there is a huge problem. So it's time to stop trusting the plan. It's time to wake up because nobody is coming to save you. And this is 100% on us. That's interesting. So I think that this is kind of her breaking from QAnon a little bit because trust the plan was an explicitly QAnon term. That's something that pretty much only QAnoners ever said. Trust the plan. Up because nobody is coming to save you. And this is 100% on us. The whole idea was to trust the plan and trust the people in government and trust Donald Trump and everything else. QAnon is a Donald Trump-based cult, and this is her breaking from it, it seems to me. Fascinating to watch. Well, luckily for us, though, it sounds like they were just canceled by their last major carrier, according to ABC27.com. One America News, which is the network that she's from, was just canceled by Verizon. So they were canceled by, I think, DirecTV or Dish or something like that. They are no longer available on traditional TV channels. I guess they were started back in 2014. I had never heard of them before by some rich tech billionaire. And they finally gained status as a normal TV channel. And 
blew up. Started going to the White House and asking questions that were obviously deeply biased and favorable to Donald Trump while he was the president. And that's how people started hearing about him. That's how they gained people's attention. But finally, it sounds like, honestly, the decision to drop them from the cable networks sounded like a strictly business decision, to be perfectly honest. It didn't really even sound like an ideological thing. It didn't sound like these networks were shutting them down because they disagree with them politically, as much as I'd love that. It seemed like they're being shut down because they're just not generating enough money. That's what it seemed like to me. I could be wrong. Let's read this article. OAN officially dropped by Verizon its last major carrier. This came out July 22nd, 2022. Verizon is set to drop the right-wing One America News Network from its channel lineup after the network and company failed to reach an agreement on a new contract. Verizon said in a statement to The Hill that it will no longer have the rights to OAN after July 31st and the network will be removed from the television lineup. Our negotiation with OAN has been typical has been a typical business as usual carriage negotiation like those that routinely happen between content distributors and content providers, the statement reads. Verizon said that the negotiations were based on economic considerations and that OAN did not agree to fair terms. They probably wanted more money and they just weren't going to get it. Our company has long advocated for providing customers with the the ability to choose what content they want to watch, and our Fios TV platform offers a wide and diverse choice of programming options, including a la carte options that strive to meet our millions of customers' various content needs and preferences, Verizon said. The development is a blow to OAN after DirecTV declined to renew its contract with the network in January. Verizon remained its largest distributor after the DirecTV contract expired, but OAN will now be left with more minor carriers. OAN is also facing a lawsuit from Dominion Voting Systems over claims made on the network, that the company's voting machines were manipulated to support President Biden over former President Trump in the 2020 presidential election. Ouch. Yeah, that's the killing blow. Absolutely fascinating. If that's not enough for you, let me show you this clip, early July 2022. I mean, they hate the left. They hate the left. Check this out. That liberals outright love babies. Yes, between abortions, forced vaccinations at birth, formula shortages courtesy of Biden, it's no secret that these mentally deranged leftists are coming for your kids. This is another line I don't cross morally. I, I don't wish death on anybody, and I don't insult people, at least not from a public platform. Um, you know, when I'm sitting at home in bed at night, I'll talk about that that idiot at the store or whatever else but i'm not i don't ever insult people from a public platform i am morally opposed to it because i feel like that's one step down the road of stochastic terrorism something i'm deeply deeply opposed to that's exactly what she's doing listen to this again secret these mentally deranged leftists are coming for your kids accusing them of things that they're not doing and calling them mentally deranged So we've heard her call anybody to the left of taking out homeless people for sport mentally deranged. We've heard her wish death on them. 
We've heard her accuse them of things they're not doing. We've heard that we've heard her insult them nonstop. She does not like leftists, man. She just doesn't. For your kids. We've been warning about it for years, only to be met with denial from the left. According to them, abortion is a constitutional right, and life doesn't begin until the child is out of the womb. That's not what anybody says. Nobody believes that life begins after the kid is out of the womb. That is an extreme radical position. Most people understand that there is some level of personhood at some point in the process of the pregnancy. It is not the moment it comes out. But she has to twist it around and make a make the left look like nutcases. That's what it's all about. The womb. They attempt to casually sweep their obsession with literally children under the rug in the name of choice. On the off chance you're uncertain about the presence of evil and the capacity of its influence upon our society, if you still need proof that liberals are sick demons who... Sick demons. You hearing this? That now it's not just mentally deranged or whatever it was she said. It's sick demons. It, this is a new level. She does not like the left. Again, things that I don't do from a public platform. Claim that anybody is like a, a, a sick dog or talk about inherent attributes about them, like their teeth are messed up or, you know, insult them personally. This isn't personal. It's about rhetoric and extremism when it all comes down to it. Arrive on the thought of death. Boy, do I have. Wait, what was that she said? Rules are sick demons who thrive on the thought of death. Well, that's kind of an interesting thing to say after we just listened to her, you know, kind of celebrating a little bit the fact that Biden had COVID. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Late July 2022, in the wake of OAN losing their biggest carrier, Verizon, and DirecTV in January, she comes out here on her show and says this. But it is absolutely crucial that for once we defy the powers that be, that we all come together, set aside our differences in a unified effort so that we can recognize the horrifying danger that lies ahead. If you're watching this and you're laughing and scoffing because you think that you're immune to what's coming, you just wait. Enjoy your freedoms while you still got them. But for anyone that's with me and is willing to contribute to fighting this beast, here is what you need to do. Yeah. She requested help from the left to save her network after all the shit she just said after wishing death on us after making fun of us calling us sick demons mentally ill after insulting us after relentlessly attacking us after naming somebody an, a navy a navy officer and making fun of him for who he is she comes out here and asks for help from the left. Sorry, Allison. I'm just, I'm not down for it. No, I'll be glad to see OAN gone from the face of the earth eventually. It is a destructive network that does nothing but harm to everything and everybody around it. It should have never been started. It's a shame that it's not going to die off sooner, honestly. I think this is an unequivocally good thing, like Alex Jones facing consequences for his bad actions. 
If you disagree with me, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening